0: and we're back welcome to what's left to do i'm your host janelle happy new year everybody Uh, thank you for bearing with me during the little holiday break we took here at what's left to do but don't worry we should be pretty regular from here on out today's episode was recorded at the end of 2020 with my dearest darling friend kat who is the person arguably most responsible for me even having a podcast. (laughs) So let's take a listen as Kat pulls back the curtain on her early life. Well, who do we have here for this week's episode? Well, I'll tell you, or I will describe it rather. Put me in the game, coach. The coach that I'm referring to is Kat. The queen of community, the queen of communal care, she is the one who's probably most responsible for me doing this right now. She uh, coached me off the sidelines for the 2020 primary um, and was able to help me shift, um, shift, shift things into The gear of praxis. I don't know what I'm saying right now, and that's because the (laughs) alcohol is still leaving my body. That's fine. Uh, None other than the most peaceful butterfly you will ever meet. Coach Cat, Coach Care, Coach Community, Coach Communal Ethic, (laughs) Cat Co.
1: How are you doing, Cat? Oh my God, this is like a (laughs) spiritual experience
0: listening (laughs) to you. You talk to me. You talk to to me about me. You're so ridiculous. Oh, Kat also, by the way, is way too complimentary to everybody in her life, including yours truly. But that's mostly why we keep her around. I
1: like to watch Janelle squirm. So. <laughs> <laughs> her quite a bit. Oh, my God. You're so wild. <laughs> How are you doing, honey? I'm pretty great now. Yeah. I have I was... I, I was just sharing with you. I'd had kind of like a stressful morning mm. um, and now I'm just like nicely down regulating into the vibe of Janelle Jolly <laughs> and her home. Very grounding. <laughs> so I'm feeling great. Excellent. excellent, excellent. Well, cat everyone,
0: I mean, in all seriousness, like I think I want to air this episode, the last one of the year, uh, because you are responsible for, for you know the this this um i don't know if it's too dramatic to say but i'm a pretty dramatic host so that's fine but you are you are primarily responsible for like for this and and the the transformation that took place like that got me here so i think it would only be fitting that um that i close out the year um talking to you because like you are the one who very gently in the way that you in in the in the way that you do things like you were the one who very gently like got me off the sidelines. It just was one email, like, Hey guys, like, you know, I'll be phone, ba- I'm going to start phone banking, um, in in a month or so, or it was at the time, you know, like I'm going to start phone banking in a couple weeks. I think it would be fun if we could all do this together. And, you know, it's not a big time commitment and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm really excited. And I know you are too. So like, let's do it together. And the rest is history. So thank you. Is what I'm saying is thank you.
1: <laughs> I will receive that, Janelle. But I mean, to be fair, this—it's not like it occurred to you when you got my email. You were like, in on—you've been on this journey for a while. Yeah,
0: but I was—but my journey out. Yeah, again, you're being too kind because that's the way your ass is. But you're—you're you're being too kind because what? it, I mean, for me, it was like individually, like intellectual and aesthetic, up until the point where I actually like put. Put my politic into some sort of praxis. So it would had you not done that, I don't know if I would have ever like taken gone from, you know, talking shit with my friends and and getting upset with my friends and, you know, just talking about things to actually like going out to act out that which I I claim to believe um, and claim to want. So, I mean, so for me, it, you know, it was it, I think for me, what I'm trying to say is <sighs> I've got to stop drinking. What I'm trying to say is <laughs> it took you helped me shift from from this. Just it, you helped me shift into an embodiment and like a praxis, which I'm not sure would have happened, maybe it would have, I don't know, but I'm not sure would have happened absent your very gentle nudge or your very gentle call to action, which should have occurred to me before, it should have occurred to me before, but it, it did not And because, you know, I don't know, I just thought that people who get involved with politics, even as volunteers, you know, have special skills or a special understanding that I don't have. This is something I can't do. And lo and behold, I was, you know, the bitch at the office every day, just (laughs) just (laughs) letting things take over my life. But you were a big you were the impetus for that. So I will always be grateful. It's
1: so interesting to hear all of this, because in my mind, Mm. you are like. Like who i look to like when i'm like okay i need to volunteer for you know georgia or Mm -hmm. whatever like okay and and you show up in my mind as like a super volunteer right
0: that's all that's because you began that you were like you were the sourdough starter for this loaf of political bread
1: (laughs) i love that
0: (laughs) oh Janelle. everything doesn't have to be about food (laughs) like that But no, 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 that's, and that's a, that's a very big compliment. Well, I
1: will receive that. Thank you. And thank you for just running with it. Yeah, no. Mm
0: -hmm. I I mean, I, you know, once it, once you like awaken that in someone, it's, it's hard to put it back, um, put it back, back in a drawer, a box.
1: It is very hard. Yeah. To go backwards (laughs) or like, yeah, it's, Um, You know, the word transformation gets thrown around a lot Mm. around these SF parts. (laughs) And it's a very lofty sounding word, but all it means is irreversible change. Uh. And I feel like that's what we experienced together working on um, the Bernie 2020 campaign. Uh, Yeah, irreversible change. I, I just don't see how we can... Uh, how I could go back. That's right. And, I mean, obviously like I took a break. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Out yeah. Like, all of this. I'm not like, you know, out there with a bullhorn or anything. That's not really my style, but, um, yeah. Politically getting politically activated. Yeah. That, that happened for me. Yeah. Um, thanks to, I, I mean, I have to shout out Adam because yeah, 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 yeah. my husband and partner, Adam is extremely politically.
0: That's active right. That's me, right. So. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I had, I was reflecting on a funny memory this morning as I was trying to shake off my hangover before you got here. Uh, I, I can't remember what it was, but you guys were having some, some get together at the house. And this was, this is before, this is when I was still getting to know you and Adam. So I didn't, I wasn't sure, you know, living in San Francisco, you don't know if you don't know, you know, what people's political sort of sensibilities are or who they're into, blah, blah. blah. But I did
1: raging neoliberal. That's right. That's right.
0: That's right. Because there are plenty of those. Um, but I wasn't I wasn't sure. And I was trying to. <laughs> OK, you know, there's a circus in my brain. So this is a very inappropriate way to.
1: Great. Express- <laughs> I am enjoying hungover <laughs> uh, There This
0: is a very like inappropriate, like trope to draw. out. But this is how I remember <laughs> this memory is that like this was um, we were getting together. It was maybe like a it was it was like a Friday or Saturday or something at your house, and I just kind of like remember like sheepishly like looking around like okay Janelle test the waters let's let's just let's see what kind of people these are and so and then that weekend was um, Bernie's rally at Fort Fort Mason mm-hmm. and so I was like oh hey and it reminds me of those like that terrible trope from like old movies long time ago like like closeted gay guys, like trying to like, you know, s- s- smoke out somebody else, you know, like, <laughs> Oh, any, uh, any all male bathhouses around here? Anybody have a recommend? you know what I mean? But I was like, I was like, Oh, um, yeah. What are you guys doing this weekend? I think I, um, I think I might be, <laughs> Going to a Bernie Sanders rally. Do you guys, would anyone maybe want to, maybe want to come with? <laughs> and you and Adam were just like, oh yeah, holy shit. That is good. Oh yeah, we were, we, we were just talking about that. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. Okay.
1: Yeah. It is an interesting thing, right? I mean, so I'm a native Californian and generally speaking, we Californians don't talk about politics. We don't talk about Um, money that much, Mm -hmm. like just anything that might upset anybody, just like, don't talk about it. So yeah, there is like this, okay, like trying to feel out where the other person's at. And, um, it, I, 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 I'm like that too. I mean, I'm getting a little more courageous and You
0: were very great. You had your birthday you. at the office. And I yeah. thought that was badass. I was like, that's smart. I'm like, duh. Like that's a like why wouldn't that cause that would never have occurred to me, but I was like, of course cat, of course cat was able to pull this off. And like, you know, not everybody who came were, you know, were you know, progressive or leftist or, you know, supporters of Bernie and
1: Republican friends who came.
0: Yeah, that's right. And it was all good. You know, like nobody was being yelled at, you know,
1: safe space. It was a very safe space.
0: But you also were able to nudge the people who came who maybe were interested in helping out with the camp. like you had set up the tables like if you're interested in volunteering you know you can go to tables one two and three and you know there are different events going on and i encourage you if you're if you're um interested to get involved and you were incredibly vulnerable telling you know kind of the origin story that we're going to get into about why you you know had have such a uh passionate support, uh, for things like Medicare for all. And I remember standing in that circle and I was like, holy shit, like, this is, that's not easy to, you know what I mean? Like kind of just like bury your soul like that, even to friends, like, you know, in such a, like a very public and open way. Um, but I was like, yeah, I, I mean, of course, of course Kat was able to do this and pull this off. Yeah.
1: You know, my birthday was January 5th and the primary like, California super Tuesday was in March. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, this is a way to organize. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you want to eat a pot sticker, you need to look this person in the eye. That's right. Who's going to tell you about registering to vote? That's right. And maybe if you haven't registered to vote, this You'll is the time to it. do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so,
0: but that is what it's about. I mean, Holly. So I was, I was. I interviewed Holly on Friday, and part of what she was saying was like, when we, when we think about like long term, kind of durable organizing efforts it is about like just regular regular people like connecting with people like and talking to friends and and getting them to get them involved in you know a certain cause or you know a particular push or whatever, not in a pushy way, not in a, you know, not in a presumptive or or judgmental way. It's just like, hey, we're together. You know, I care about you. You care about me. This is something I'm care about. Let's talk. Let's talk about it or or let's think about it together or, you know, blah, or let's or let's engage in it together. Like the film, film banks, you and Adam were hosting at your house, like when the office was clo- why was the office closed that time? it was a couple of times, but anyway, you were just like, Oh, the office is closed at night. Just come on over. And like, we'll have dinner. We'll phone back together. You don't have to do this alone. You know what I mean? Like you're a very good example of like a communal, a communal ethic of care and, uh, um, and, uh, care and uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? Not canvassing care and (laughs) like collective action. Yeah. I mean, that's not the word I was looking for, but that's the best I could do.
1: Thanks so much. I oh, mean. God. <laughs> I'm such a mess. <laughs> i such a mess. I am becoming a puddle. Like, this is like. Oh, for sure. You're, you're very flattering. No, <laughs> that's so
0: silly. I want to go back to understanding. And I know part of your story, but let's pretend I don't. Um. What, how did you become the most wonderful person in the world? Like, talk to me about Little Cat and how you grew up in your family life and all that. Oh, Little
1: Cat. Um, so, um, I was born in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Huh, I do not um, know that. Yeah. No, I had no idea. Yeah, my dad was serving in the Army. Ah. Uh, um, he was there for 12 years and then I was born and then he was like, I don't think I want my kids to be army brats, you know, getting shuttled everywhere. So he left the army. Uh, So when I was a kid, um, grew up in L.A., Mm -hmm. uh, close to Koreatown, actually in Downey, California. Mm -hmm. So it's near Burbank area. And we were poor. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like... My dad had a good sense of like, okay, we need to go where there are other Korean Americans because that's how Koreans like support each other. Right. Um, So L.A. is being the obvious choice. Um, And he had friends there, but. I did not know this at the time, of course. It's like amazing when you're a child, you just have no idea yeah, have about no socioeconomics, concept. right? Um, but now looking at old photos, there's like black mold on the on the walls of our the apartment. Oh, yeah, God. my parents like either didn't know what it was or just didn't have the bandwidth to like do anything about yeah. it. Um, so breathing that in and uh, we didn't have health care. Um, my dad was supposed to get... Like, really good veterans yeah, healthcare. I thought but that's how it worked. He was like, I think he, he was kind of proud, kind of like, didn't want to go through the administrative effort mm-hmm. or something. So he just didn't have healthcare for the longest time. Wow. Um, and in th- an apartment with black molds. Yeah. Gosh. And my, which meant my mom didn't either. Yeah. And I think we kids were covered under like the kids, yeah. you know, healthcare there is in California or whatever. Uh, I don't remember the name of that. But, um, yeah, I remember one time, like, rifling through my dad's things, as you do mm-hmm. sometimes when they're not home. And I just saw, like, food stamp, um, like, vouchers. Uh-huh, right? uh-huh. So we were on food stamps for a while, uh-huh. um, like, just struggling to to make some money. As
0: a child, did you understand your parents' financial struggles or or not at all? It's just like...
1: No, to me, like we were fine. Like I got to go to McDonald's like every week Uh, (laughs) and get a Happy Meal toy. I'm like, we're great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But and also my parents don't believe in like talking to their kids about money. Like they're like, everything's fine. Don't worry about money. That's not your job. Right. So, yeah, they would they would buy us like what we needed. Like I I don't feel like I ever like wanted for anything. Um, I didn't want like complex things, but like, yeah, I, I had no idea until, I mean, I think I saw that photo when I was in my early twenties and mm. I was like, that is definitely black mold. Whoa. <laughs> yeah.
0: Whoa. What were your parents doing for work? Um, during what, when you guys moved to LA? Cause I also didn't know that you lived in LA, but I thought you grew up in the Bay, um, your whole life so i had no idea
1: well it's interesting because we were in la during a very historically significant time which Mm -hmm. was the la riots riots. yep um and my parents left after the la riots happened they were one of the koreans that had to leave Mm -hmm. because koreatown was burnt down to the ground there was like no commerce really flowing wow 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 so my dad he was like he was just trying to get little gigs here and there i think he was a paralegal at his friend's like law firm for a little bit, um, and then my, my, he found this sandwich shop outside of downtown LA. So he he rented that and they started a sandwich shop, kind of like a Togo's or like a okay. Subway or something. Your parents started a sandwich, yeah. shop. But like a mom and pop uh, one. Okay. So they worked in a sandwich shop. Mm-hmm. At the time of the LA riots, like going down, Mm -hmm. they were safely outside of downtown LA. Thank Mm -hmm. goodness. Mm -hmm. My mom was working at the sandwich shop by herself, Mm -hmm. which like to this day, I think about that. And I'm like, Holy shit. Like if she was like, imagine if they were like, Oh, let's set up a sandwich shop in K town. That would have been terrible for them. Right. Um, and my dad was trying to like, it was my sister's a hundred days or her first birthday, hundred day um, celebration is a big one in Korean culture. Mm. And my dad was trying to get into K-Town to Uh, pick up food uh, for the feast uh, and could not. So just had to exit and like go home, thankfully. Um, And then the aftermath of that Mm. was just like, okay, like people like Koreans, I think left LA in droves. Like a lot of them went to Texas. A lot of them went to like, different parts of the U
0: S if you're comfortable saying, how does your parents talk about the everything that was happening with the riots? Because from my understanding, I'm not from LA, but when I, and obviously I was little when this happened and like some of the things that I've watched covering that period shows like extreme racial tension over not just the Rodney King incident, but there was like an incident that that happened before that where a black a young black girl was shot by a Korean um, store owner um, for, I mean, there's no good reason to shoot a child, obviously, um, but I think well, she, like maybe she, she, was stealing. Stealing. she thought she was, she yeah, or something, something like that. But yeah. like how, so do you, can you describe for me your understanding of things or like kind of how community members were talking about things during that time? Like mm-hmm. how, what was their understanding or perception of everything at that, at that point?
1: just have like snatches of like, I just remember that day being very tense. Like Uh the adults seemed like they just didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. Like some were watching the news. Others were just like trying to make food. Like, you know, but my parents never really spoke about it. Uh They were, they were just like, well, first of all, we were lucky. Right. Um, my dad didn't have any friends who were killed in the LA riots Mm -hmm. or got hurt in the LA riots. Um, So, but but he thought, okay, this is this is not this is bad. Uh Um, Maybe this is gonna last a while. Maybe Uh Koreans are gonna be, you know, um, suffering for a while here. Mm. So, my dad was like, okay, well, let's go on a road trip and shop for a new city, basically starting with um, visiting my uncle in. Upstate New York, Buffalo, where he was at. at the you
0: thing. drove from California to Buffalo? Yeah. Whoa. I know. Yikes.
1: My dad really likes driving.
0: Mm, okay. I mean, well, go off, dad, I
1: guess. Yeah. Good grief. Like, total dad move mm. um, <laughs> across the country. Mm-hmm. So upon um, George Floyd's murder, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these things have resurfaced again in the general society and also uh, the black community, the Korean American community, and there's been so much that my parents missed because we moved, uh, we ended up moving to the Bay Area. Yeah. And in LA, there have been lots of very concerted efforts to improve the relationship between the Black community and the Korean American mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. like a lot. Um, but they missed all of that. Mm-hmm. And so they just remember, like, you know, the trauma of it. And mm-hmm. when you're traumatized by something, it's very hard to be even handed about so it, right? You're like, oh, huh, well, let's be put my, you know, put myself in those people's shoes. Yeah. Like my parents could not do it. Mm-hmm. Still cannot really mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, you know, when George Floyd was murdered, in particular, I mean, this happens all the time, but in particular, because his was captured on video yeah, and yeah. we were able to see it yeah. and like reckon with it in yeah. a huge way. There's a lot of just like misunderstanding, Um, not my parents don't know American history. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they don't know that much about slavery mm-hmm. and the Civil War and like all of this stuff. All they know is their experience of like feeling whatever they felt. Mm-hmm. So um, I think they're like healing from it mm-hmm. slowly, mm-hmm. but it's it was it was, you know, A very, very hard thing um, Mm. for most Korean Americans, immigrants, their age, which is like 60s, 70s. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Interesting.
0: Growing up, because you were the child of recent immigrants, did you did uh, this, this may be a silly question, but did you feel American or did you feel like a Korean in America? Do you understand what I'm saying?
1: I do understand what you're saying. I will do you one better. I think I felt like, you know how people say temporarily embarrassed millionaire uh-huh. um, to refer to like how all of us are are like kind of had this idea that like, oh, maybe one day I'll be a millionaire. Yeah. So we just kind of identify with the one percent uh-huh. versus like the ninety nine percent of us. Yeah. Um, I operated most of my life as a temporarily Asian or sorry, a temporarily Korean white girl. Like
0: Ooh, tell me what that I think I know what you're saying, but yeah. tell me what you mean.
1: Um so for some context, I'm the oldest daughter yeah. and my sister's six years younger than I am. Mm-hmm. And my mom can't speak English very well. Yeah. She can understand very well, yeah. but she can't speak very well. Mm-hmm. Um so I like at the age of six or seven, I would call PGE for her because my verbal was good and I would dispute bills and like all this stuff that a kid should not have to do, you know, but we, we did it. A lot of immigrant kids have to do that or parent uh, children of immigrants have to do that. And, um, I, I figured out very quickly that I couldn't rely on my parents to guide me through like how to be successful in this country, ah. I just rely on myself and like other people, mm-hmm. basically white people. Yeah, yeah. Um, huh. and so like, yeah, we would go to church, a Korean American Catholic church mm-hmm. sometimes. And so I just like made a calculation. I was like, okay, if I spend all my time hanging out with like, for example, like, Asian kids who like speak in their own traditional language at home and, and do that, like, that's not going to set me up mm. the way that my, like, I need to be set up. I, I, I feel a lot of like internal responsibility, but also my parents put a lot of pressure on me to mm. like, um, make sure my sister was okay. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So I think I was just like, Oh yeah, obviously I need to like, be as white as possible. Uh. Just, I think I just I just took in a lot of media and I imitated, just like a lot of you know kids. If first, you start by imitating like diction and like certain ways of speaking. Mm. I could pick up on like, oh, this is like how you're supposed to talk. I think mm. that was my understanding. Mm. Like, this is how you're supposed to talk, and like if you can't talk this way, it's really bad mm. because people will not give you opportunities.
0: Mm interesting what was kind of your worldview or understanding of the world as a child growing up you you said part you know part of it just now you were talking about uh, which is like I have an understanding or a schematic of what it means to be successful in my in my child mind I think that I have to imitate being white or whiteness or or I don't know if that's accurate so that was part of your worldview what are what were some other parts of how you understood the world as a child
1: I mean, I was so young and they put so much responsibility on me Mm -hmm. as such a young person Mm -hmm. and you don't know any better, but I did feel resentful because that's what happens when, when expectations are put on you Mm -hmm. that you did not say yes to, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like you feel resentful after Mm -hmm. a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I just felt, I just resented them a lot. Mm. Um, and is it because
0: you felt that it was that resentment because you felt like you were not getting to be a, a carefree child like you had to. For
1: sure. Mm-hmm. And I had models for this right on television. Uh, I would watch Clarissa Explains It All on Nickelodeon. She wasn't on
0: the phone with pg and
1: No, she was not doing anything of that sort. <laughs> she was like sashaying around in her cool outfits and just like <laughs> writing in her diary, which I also did. But like, you know, just yeah. just having a coming of age uh-huh. that was normal. hmm and quote normal quote normal yeah. I didn't know what normal was sure, sure. I just thought it was normal was what white people did
0: uh, uh, wow. that was the, that was the default
1: yeah I didn't have the tools to um I mean also like I mean my childhood was kind of rough like it was not it didn't feel safe in our house uh-huh. all the time uh-huh. and so I was just like I wasn't ready I think to like have compassion for my parents I was uh-huh. just, like I just need to can get through this yeah. and go to college and uh-huh. get away from these people. Right, right.
0: Like, and build my own life.
1: Yeah. And just live, a, like get a fucking life. Basically, mm-hmm. You know? And this is what I feel really sad about is uh, looking back is all of my parents' toil and turmoil and, and just like sacrifice and all of that. Like I ended up having to discount a lot of it and mm-hmm. not even acknowledge it mm-hmm. just to operate. Uh, society that we live in say more tell me what you mean yeah if i actually let myself think about like all of their pain and struggle i would not be able to operate Uh, you know i would just be like a puddle uh, all the time i've heard you say that
0: but i mean you don't you you can tell me to fuck off in this because it's not my business but i've heard you say that before i've never and i've and I don't ask because it feels inappropriate and it feels inappropriate now, but I'm going to ask and you can say no. But what do you mean when you say that you didn't feel safe in your house growing up? I'm always shocked when I hear you say that, but what do you mean by that? if you feel comfortable and if you don't, that's fine. Sure. Sure.
1: I think so. I'm in a very good place with it now. Sure. Um, my, I mean, my dad was under an intense amount of pressure mm. to put a roof over our heads, yeah. feed us, yeah. send us to school. Yeah. Right. Um, and nobody was helping him out. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody, like, he didn't have health insurance, right? Mm-hmm. So he couldn't like go to the doctor mm-hmm. when he felt like something was a little off mm-hmm. or whatever. And also, like, my dad has his own trauma. Like, sure. there's Boku, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Hella, you know, intergenerational trauma, yeah, just. Yeah. In, in the Korean community in general, just because the Korean War was just in the 1950s. It
0: wasn't that long ago and it was, it was fucking like, terrible.
1: It was horrible yeah. and it's still going on. That's right. There is an that's armistice. Right. It's not over. Yeah, right? that's right. Um, and so he was raised by his parents who were occupied by the Japanese. Uh, uh, you know.
0: And they were not nice.
1: No, they were very paternalistic mm-hmm. and like not night no yeah, they, they had to violent yeah. raping the women yeah. and um making everyone have a japanese name yeah. and like trying to erase a lot of korean culture maybe yeah. even um so there's that and then there was the the korean war yeah. which my grandfather fought in mm-hmm. um both of my grandfathers fought in mm-hmm. and so my dad was raised by those people yeah, yeah, yeah. and he has his own stuff yeah, right yeah. because he left his family when he was young and so he i mean lots of mental health conditions yeah, yeah, probably yeah, 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 yeah. um that we did not go address sure nobody was like listen like you've been through a lot yeah but you can get help that's right nobody was showing that no america doesn't
0: yeah do that. yeah and, and particularly men men in in america be they you know You know, several generations here or newly here, that's not that's not a construction of manhood that is that's not a part of the construction of manhood to like address things that could be could be affecting you adversely because to be a man in America is to be perfect and without problem or flaw. And if you do have a problem or flaw, that is that is not your responsibility and people will just deal with it as a default. So that's not your. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was it was rough. And he he came home. You know, this is a classic like um, kind of domestic violence thing. But like when men feel disempowered in the world, they come home and they wield power in ways that absolutely it hurt people yeah, sometimes that's and that's right. what happened in my family mm. for a long time yeah 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 uh, my dad is kind of a teddy bear now yeah, but yeah
0: they all soften up when they get yeah busy. yeah i understand he, what you're saying. He,
1: it was it was very very bad at mm. times
0: mm, mm. Uh,
1: and yeah, so most of my life I have been like on this mental health journey, trying to like heal from yeah, yeah. like almost relentlessly. Like I, I don't even want to spend time on mental health so much, but like, I feel like I need to because, um, yeah, it just, it, it's, uh, I think it's a journey all of us are on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 For me in particular, it's like very much front and center.
0: Mm. Was part of your desire to, be white or embody whiteness because you you internalized you internalized what was going on in the home with your not white family as like devious and deficient and like white people as a rule do not go through this and then and that kind of fueled more of your desire for this other thing that is 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 a is a perfect default that that you were not able to experience
1: mm. I love this question and it's really interesting because I mean so there's there's a lot of conversation right now about whiteness and white supremacy, right? And how we are all we've all been indoctrinated with mm-hmm. it to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um in my case, like I didn't feel safe in my own house, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um With people who look like me, sound like me. Who gave you life. Yeah, who gave me life. Where I did feel safe was at school with my, like, kindly white school teachers, (laughs) right? Like, Mrs. Burns, my fourth grade teacher, who was, like, so loving and just, like, you know, I, that's who I felt safe with. Yeah. Um, So, for me, like, the... Obviously, the whiteness thing is like, you know, it's pervasive. Mm -hmm. And for me, like there was this very like, okay, I I don't really know about this culture. Like if Mm -hmm. if if this is how people are Mm -hmm. in Korean culture, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want that much part of it. Uh, uh, Although I can speak Korean fluently and like I'm very culturally, you know, conversant and all of that, like. I, yeah, I just, I, I I wasn't, I was very conflicted and ambivalent about it. Uh, um, but on the other hand, like I would go to school and and my teachers were nice.
0: And you liked school. That was a safe environment. Yeah. You. I was you like, I
1: can actually chill out and like mm, do well here. Mm, so. mm, mm, mm.
0: Were the communities that your parents raised you in, were they... Part, as as you know throughout your childhood were they particularly political or ideological or um, or not your understanding of them now as an adult
1: mm. well so most Korean people the the mainstay of their community life is the church yeah um, and my dad my dad's really funny he chose Catholicism because he said, Catholics don't judge you for smoking or drinking. In fact, they do it like more than anyone. Else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's like, "All right, that's what we're gonna do." Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you go there for the community. It's basically like high school for adults. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah,
0: like, yeah, yeah.
1: Trade notes. You try to like get a band together. I don't know what people are <laughs> like. Um, so. It didn't feel political my parents my dad was is an avid reader of the korean news like he has always kept up with what's going on in
0: korea <laughs> he here.
1: and um because he was born in 55 so was my mom that was like right after the korean war ended yeah um they and in school they had to they had like a paint anti-communist poster hour Oh, yeah. Huh. So the the reds, the commies, like, you know, my dad still says things like this because he's he's been indoctrinated uh, from a small child to like fear communism. Huh.
0: Even like, though he wouldn't describe Korea as like a socialist society.
1: This is where it gets really confusing mm-hmm. because my dad and a lot of Korean American first generation immigrants who are like the first to get here. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um they are kind of time capsules from whatever year they left. Mm. So, he, so he, yeah, he still has like these kind of views, political views that he came here with. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So like, I didn't really know how to describe his politic. Mm-hmm. I don't really even know how to describe it now. Cause it's uh-huh. very interesting uh-huh. with immigrants who come over here. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've met a lot of, old Korean men through my Bernie uh, community organizing Mm -hmm. um, who, who, because they're also, and they were also indoctrinated with all the anti-communist, like, uh, you know, rightly so Mm -hmm. um, uh, propaganda, anything that smacks of like slightly communitarian, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like
0: more egalitarian. Yeah. mm -hmm.
1: They, they kind of balk at it. Yeah. Just
0: as a knee jerk
1: support Trump. Obviously, it is not voting in your own interest yeah, 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 to yeah, vote yeah. for Trump if you're a you're, you're an immigrant <laughs> um, in this country, but it happens, right? No, I it mean, happens a lot. I, I
0: mean, mean, that was one of gone up. That's right. Yeah. especially. Um, and I mean, this is this is the fault of the consultant class, but it's like. Well, if you if you kind of like peel back the layers a little bit and talk to these people, hello, and not just, you know, kind of put these in these ascriptive identities that like over determine their ideas and their attitudes and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You'd, you know, they would have caught that like, hey, you can't take the Democrats. Hey, you can't take this for granted um, because, you know, a lot of people, even if they are here fairly recently, you know, their their view of immigration is is a good bit more. Complicated than what you may think, and it shouldn't it, sh- it shouldn't be shocking that you know immigrant groups are can't
1: just be taken for granted. And they're not one unit; they That's don't right. vote as a block. That's like right. my parents have been American citizens for decades. Yeah, they are now in the kind of mindset of like, we immigrated here at the right time. We worked our asses off. We like did the right we're way. American. Uh-huh. We did it the right way. Yeah. Um and that I I don't know how much like sympathy or compassion they might have mm-hmm. for people trying to immigrate to the US now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um
0: which happens a lot and like I have a friend <laughs> I have a friend whose family is from uh Belize so that's you know in Central America, English speaking country um and you know they immigrated I think they immigrated here in the 70s. They were undocumented when they got here, but they got amnesty in the 80s under Reagan. And like and I remember a conversation with her a long time ago. And she was saying, you know, like her her parents are like very anti-immigration and like really, really um, have really punitive things to say about um, particularly people who immigrate here documented or undocumented, like who don't speak English well. And like they they do not, you know, it's like I got my amnesty, but like, you know, I spoke English when I came here. Like I was I was able to um,
1: kind of means testing a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Their own people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That happens very commonly. That's right. And this is what happened. I mean, to bring us kind of to Medicare for all, like. This is what happens when you don't give everyone in this country right. a basic level right. of security net mm-hmm. and healthcare because you keep people in a scarcity mindset right. and they. And fighting
0: over artificial 100%, artificial, the artificial rationing and under rationing of resources. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Medicare for all, I remember you telling this story at your birthday um, at the office about why you are passionate about Medicare for all based on like how you grew up and your understanding of or your belief that Korean people were cursed was the word you used. Yeah. Um, Tell me about that again, (laughs) because I know the story. But Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, so I think it's safe to say I don't think anyone listening to this podcast is going to be like, upset to hear me say that Koreans are kind of a dramatic people. (laughs) Like you watch Korean dramas, you listen to K-pop, you're like, whoa, there's like a lot of emotion going on here, right? right. right. And that's like part of what makes Koreans really cool. (laughs) And like, so I would grow up watching these Korean dramas with my mom Mm -hmm. and there would always be some terminally ill kid or like, you know, it's like that kind of thing. I was like, (laughs) oh, Maybe Koreans. And then my 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 dad and my mom, their actual friends, mm-hmm. like I think there have been quite a few of them who died in their late 40s, hey. early 50s, yeah. leaving like kids in yeah. grade school and like middle school uh, behind and stuff. And, you know, pancreatic cancer, hey. um, colon cancer. Mm-hmm. I thought that Koreans were just cursed mm-hmm. because these like relatively young adults were dying early mm-hmm. and leaving behind like their families and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I, you know, grew up and like learned a little bit more about
0: social determinants of health. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> we're not cursed. They just didn't have health care. Right. They just, they just couldn't go to rich. the doctor. Yeah. 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 And like, th- this is the difference between like, going to the doctor when you start to feel a little off yeah. and not hesitating yeah. and just going yeah. and maybe them catching stage 1 cancer yeah 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 able to stage treat it three yeah which is or four yeah. and just you know only having like three or three to six months yeah left yeah to yeah, live. yeah yeah um yeah i it's just so funny like as a young person as you start to get a sense of the world mm. You know, basically everything you believe is probably not true. You have right, to like right. reexamine constantly, right. all right. the time. That's right. Um, and and yeah, like I I was embarrassed by that. Mm. I was like, gosh, like why can't we just be like these happy, well dressed white people happy, that I healthy, see everywhere?
0: Calm, not angry white people, right? Yeah, now. just
1: really relaxed. They have like Eames chairs in their houses, <laughs> and they're just like you know pondering where to go on vac- international vacation. My mom, her first time going anywhere mm-hmm. outside of Korea, like once mm-hmm. in the past was because my, my sister took her on a Euro- Europe trip mm-hmm. with her points. Mm-hmm. And like, this was last year or something mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. And my mom's 65, you know? So our parent, our family's never taken an international trip together mm-hmm. really outside of like Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, because my dad always had to work. Yeah.
0: Okay. So when it was time for you to go to college, where did you end up going?
1: I went to UC San Diego.
0: Okay. Why did you want to go there?
1: Um. It was the furthest away from my parents <laughs> that we got into.
0: <laughs> and you want to, did you, did you, did your
1: parents? Best, in, best, quote unquote. In yeah, the state? Um. Well, no, I, I, I. I think I could have gone to Berkeley, mm-hmm. but it was too close. Too close.
0: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. you were like, let's yeah, go. And I did get into UCLA.
1: Mm. My parents told me I could only go in-state, uh-huh. so UC. Uh-huh. So, yeah, UC did so they pay for school? school? No, they, I mean, I took out student loans and I'm still paying. Well, no, undergrad is paid for. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah.
0: nice. What did you think at that point you wanted to do in your life or with your life um, when you when you pursued undergraduate? Like, what did you think you wanted to, to be mm-hmm.
1: after college
0: at that point? Or did you have an idea, a clear idea?
1: I, well, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer, hmm. um, which to my parents' credit was completely my own idea.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, like lawyer, doctor, engineer, like these yeah. are like kind of the the Asian the Americans. yeah the yeah. big three mm-hmm. that Asian Americans get pushed into them <laughs> into their faces so and then I went and like majored in poli sci and I just really didn't I didn't actually have that much interest in learning about political science mm, at that point mm-hmm. it was very upsetting I mean I'll be honest with you yep. I know it's like kind of a snowflakey millennial thing to say mm. but I was very upset by learning about the apartheid and like. Mm, just in South the, Africa. Everything. Yeah. huh, huh Yeah. Huh. We, I mean, we learned about war zones and, you know, different areas of like foundational politics, but mm. like, I was like, and then, and then I took an art history class and I loved it. Yeah. And so I changed majors mm. and I think I thought I wanted to, I mean, I would go on to do this, but I wanted to be a. Museum curator.
0: Ah, okay. What did, were your parents, did they approve of the switch from poli sci to art history?
1: Well, I didn't tell them about it for a very long time.
0: Ah, because you were concerned about their disapproval.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. they Well, they freaked out because they were like, how are you going to make any money doing that? Mm-hmm. Valid question, by the way. <laughs> very valid question. Um, and, but I was like, oh, it's OK. Like most poli sci, maj- uh, most people who apply to law school are poli sci majors. Being an art history major will be like different and oh, interesting. Oh, that's how you I sold like, it to I, him. I, I, Spun it like crazy to them, and they were like, "Okay," because they, for whatever reason, they trusted me, even though yeah. I lied to them left and right for everything.
0: <laughs> right. Interesting. Huh. Um,
1: so I didn't tell them; I just did it. That's mm-hmm. like how I've gone through my whole life, really. I just like do things mm-hmm. that I want to do. That's <laughs> it. That's it. She <laughs> a boss, okay. coach. <laughs> <worse> now, <from laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, and then, and then after college. I mean, I, I was really depressed my senior year. I did mm. not get it together. Like while everyone else was like applying to grad school or like trying to get a job, mm-hmm. I was just depressed. Mm. Um, was
0: there, did you, was there any particular trigger or just your, your like your body chem- your body chemistry or brain chemistry was just such that you were depressed at that point?
1: Yeah, basically. I mean, for me, it's partly just my biology. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm on the bipolar spectrum, Um and I think so is my dad. Definitely his mom is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just have high highs, low lows. Uh, uh-huh,
0: uh-huh.
1: My ceiling is higher than most people. Mm-hmm. My floor is lower than most people. Oh, wow. And I would never.
0: I, I mean, had you not told me that, I would never guess that about you.
1: Well, that's the thing, Janelle. I, when I'm depressed, I just don't see people. Mm-hmm. So everyone thinks it's all good <laughs> right you're
0: just all doing your thing but you under you're under your anti-capitalism blanket that she yeah. does have at home uh, that where she rages against um, all the ills of capitalism it's actually very adorable to see her do this but now that i know that it's linked to a mental health thing i will not think it's so adorable and i will check more often just to see how kat is doing with her anti-capitalism blanket <laughs>
1: not going well for any of us
0: oh god spoiler alert. Right. spoiler uh, you're so silly um did you what so did, were you barely able to like get across the line of graduation because of the depression your senior year
1: um my grades were fine mm-hmm. um but yeah i was like I was really depressed and I mm. told my parents like, you know, don't even come for the graduation. Seriously? It's not a big deal. They were they thought I had messed something up and wasn't graduating oh, and they uh-huh. like kind of lost their minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, never mind, never mind, just come. Yeah, okay, But fine. I was hey, just, it's all good. Yeah, 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 sure, I was like, sure. I don't feel like mm. going on stage and pretending to be happy that mm. I'm done with college, mm. like um but yeah, mm. and And then I, I moved back home for a bit Mm -hmm. and, and worked at, uh, like the Samsung R&D center in San Jose Mm -hmm. for two years, Mm -hmm. which was kind of like studying abroad in South Korea, Hmm. but like (laughs) it was, it was very interesting and Mm -hmm. strange. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when I really, I don't know, got my dose of like professional Korean Mm. culture. Hmm because otherwise it was just like pop culture.
0: What is professional how would you describe professional Korean culture?
1: Well, Korean culture in many ways is diametrically opposed to to American culture. Mm, so tell me how. like for example, I would want to just like in my hoity toity self want to read the New Yorker by myself while I ate lunch by myself. Mm-hmm. They would not allow it. They would mm. not let me like my team mm-hmm. um my onnies as they, as they were, mm. uh, which means older sisters, mm. like they were all older than me and they were like, no, you're coming with mm. us. <laughs> like, don't eat alone. Right. And this is like a very sweet thing actually in mm-hmm. community in communitarian yeah. cultures, yeah. um, collectivist cultures like Korea is. It's like, it's almost like if one pixel in the hologram is like, Spazzing out, mm-hmm. like the whole hologram is hurt somehow. Mm-hmm. So we can't have that. Mm-hmm. Like, what's wrong with you? I feel like something is wrong with me now that something's wrong mm-hmm. with you. So you have to come here, so I feel like everything mm-hmm. is fine. Mm-hmm. Kind of. A oh, thing. That's beautiful.
0: That's, that's it's the way. Very nice. That's the way it should be. Actually,
1: it is. Yeah. Because
0: if one pixel ain't right, none of it's right. Sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she goes. Exactly. She, she goes. Okay, Janelle. No, I, weird.
1: I'm into it. I'm into it. You meant, you meant if. All of us aren't thriving. Oh, None right. of us are thriving. There's a, so
0: yeah. there's a term for that. Um, out of, uh, it's a, there's a, in, um in one of the like Bantu languages of South Africa, there's this uh, concept of uh, Ubuntu. Yes. Which is, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm only as good, essentially I'm only as good as like my neighbor, my brother, my sister. Yeah. So if you're not okay, I'm not okay. So right. let's make sure you're
1: okay. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm. Totally. Mm.
0: Were you at this point when you were doing your, your study abroad in South Korea, which was actually San Jose, <laughs> were you at all, how would you describe yourself politically or would you describe yourself politically at that point?
1: I was not political. Completely apolitical? Was that, it was 2008 and nine. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so, yeah. Economic crisis. Yeah, that's right. For us millennials, mm-hmm. old elder millennials. Elder, right? yes, that's right. Um, I was too busy trying to like make some money Mm. and I was living with my parents, which was extremely stressful Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on account of like what I already mentioned about my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I wasn't, I, on the way to work, I was definitely listening to, you know, NPR and like, I was aware of what was going on, but um, I mostly was just very overwhelmed Mm. I gotta handle my own shit yeah
0: yeah I have enough to worry about yeah Mm. what um what were what were your (laughs) I feel like (laughs) I feel like for people you know elder millennials like uh like you and I like our 20s because so much of our uh coming of age uh or young adulthood was shaped by just the calamitous World changing, just wreckage of the Great Recession. Like, it's kind of all, it's almost kind of a little bit of like a fever dream, just kind of like, oh, uh, we're just kind of, uh, kind of walking through this totally new world that it feels like emerged like on a dime overnight and like through many of us, myself included, into like, just kind of just disarray for a bit, because like nothing, everything we had been taught about what to expect, um, uh, you know, as, you know, to everything we had been taught to expect would occur as a young adult and kind of the progression of your life as an adult, like was completely upended in that world in many ways, not in many ways, that world doesn't exist anymore. So how, what were, how would you describe like your journey through your twenties, navigating, navigating the, uh, uh, the navigating a world that we were not taught or socialized to believe would be ours. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like the way I said that. Come on, Janelle. That alcohol is making its way out of your system. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, it's so interesting to like take a historical view on your own life Mm. as as this is kind of an opportunity to do. But um, I I did what a lot of people our age did in 2008, 2009. Which was go to grad school because that's the economy was shit. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did a high five yeah. or not really? Yeah. <laughs> no, if that's high five worthy. yeah, no. I mean, I, I'm glad I went and. I'm in like a hundred and thirty thousand dollars worth of graduate school debt still. Where but did you go? I went to NYU Ooh. Institute of Fine Arts. I for an ex- art history masters. Wow, wow, wow. Expensive. And then I was I, I went on to do the PhD program, but I dropped out of it. Uh, did yeah. you so
0: did you have to take out loans for the masters and part of the PhD or just the masters?
1: Uh well also living in New York City. So yeah, 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 yeah. Loans you to, yeah. for both.
0: Wow. Good grief. That's yeah. that is that makes me angry every time I hear anyone's student loan story because it's so unnecessary. Yeah. It's completely I mean, unnecessary.
1: I will own my part of it, though. I didn't make a prudent financial choice at all. Like, yeah, but also know? what were you?
0: I mean, but also I'm going to I'm going to ask you to double click on that because that doesn't seem like a fair that doesn't seem like a fair self-reflection. Like, no, it was made. I mean, on balance, like now maybe you have that idea. But but think back to where you were at 22, 23, 24, or however old you were. It's like, I can go back to school, kind of buy some time, maybe, you know, get this additional additional credentialing, which should help me navigate everything, or hopefully, which will help me navigate things better so that I can establish some earning power in my career, mm-hmm. or I can like what, like stay, stay at the R&D center or, and, and make, you know what I mean? Like yeah. your choices weren't, your choices were very much over-determined. So I don't think that's fair for you to be so hard on yourself. Like, of course you went back to school. And of course, you know, I'm sure, you know, th- three out of every five of your friends from that period made that, because tr- I can think of people off the top of my head and just like, yeah, I went back to school. She went back, he went back. Because yeah. that was, what Which choice did you, yeah, that's what we know how to do. So, so don't, don't, don't talk. No, no negative self-talk about that time.
1: Thank you for advocating on behalf of my younger son.
0: No, I'm just saying, yeah, that, that makes me angry. Like, don't, don't beat up on yourself. Like you did the, that was, that, that probably was the best choice to make. Now, was that, was that best in terms of uh, a sheer, you know, debt burden financial lens? Maybe not, but but that's what that was probably the best choice you had at the time. So give yourself a break, woman. Don't be talking about my friend like that. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to all the elder millennials still working on forgiving themselves for decisions they made during the Great Recession as we now sit in a greater recession. (laughs) Sweet. Awesome. So what happened during and after grad school for our dear cat? Tune in for part two, also known as a banger. (laughs) Don't forget to like and subscribe. You know the routine. See you tomorrow.